Welcome to the True Blue LA podcast, and what a crappy two games. It's happy fun time on the True Blue LA <laughs> podcast, talking about the NLCS in which everything has gone the Dodgers way. Um, All right, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll break down um, really a mess of two games, and there's just so much to complain about. I'm sure we will. Um, we'll look we'll look ahead and see if there's a, any hope we can find. Maybe, maybe not. Probably. And uh, we'll lift you up with that. Uh, there's a trivia question somewhere in there. But other than that, it's going to be kind of a quickie playoff episode. And we'll kick that off after this. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, where do you want to start? Hmm. Let's, yeah. Should we talk about the... Should we talk about the walk-off loss or the walk-off loss? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, the one um, that was 4-4 four, four, through the 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If a team that won 18 more games didn't have home field advantage, no, we're not doing that. Um, but uh, I will say this. Uh, incredibly frustrating two games. Uh, a lot of blame to go around, but like ultimately that doesn't matter a bunch. The fact is they're down 0-2. Mm-hmm. Just like they were last year, and they have to come back, and they have to play better, a lot better in many ways, and they have to make better decisions. Uh, that includes Dave Roberts and um, everybody. I you mean, know what's funny? Really, so, As yeah. I'm, I'm just going to knit at that a little bit because I think what yeah. I find this so frustrating. Quick sidebar: I do find this infinitely easier than last year because they won the World Series and I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um yeah. and people I you know had fans of his, people oh no you'll you'll care as much. I care as much but it does not hurt yeah. as much. Right there, uh, there's not there's not the the oh, empty-ness of ex- existential dread of like Clayton they, Kershaw they never lose. winning a ring, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um but what I wanted to say is you said they need to play a lot better. One of the reasons why it, it, sort of paradoxically it hurts so much is they don't if they play just a little right, better they right, still exactly. win both games right no that right. doesn't say they there's a lot of things they can they could play a whole lot better sure but if they were playing if they did need to play a whole lot better to win it'd be like oh whatever team of destiny braves or the dodgers just don't have it they're in the swamp not going to work our way but because they're so close and there's so many things they could do have done they could have like there's four throws I think that could have been been better. Uh, Maybe they one, win one one tag that wasn't held. Yeah, and then yeah. You, you know the, you know it's baseball. The best hitters ever fail sixty percent of the time. I get that. You know, not every at bat's going to be uh, great, but there were some egregious at bats. If one yes. of those goes right with one in scoring position, yeah, how, they probably how many, win a game. 
how many balls that were clearly outside out of the pitcher's hand on, a, the, on a, the last like one a the tree turner's second left bat was yeah, just the like, like oh my god no you know what i am gonna swing at this and i'm gonna miss like and then and then of course like yeah tree turner's had a terrible series ter- terrible postseason for the most part and even he like almost took got the lead in the ninth uh because he flew out to like the warning track mm-hmm. um uh, anyway, uh, I just want to. So a lot of this, I think, has to do with, um, you know, like cost, cost versus benefit, right? In the regular season, you're getting through a long season. You could you do things because, man, we just need to buy innings here and there. Like you know, you're not going to necessarily push pedal to the metal every single game because you you burn out and that doesn't really work over six whole months. But in the postseason. Um, Every game's magnified, so of course you see a little uh, more aggressive decision making uh, in certain areas. Uh, so, and I think that this is, and it's obviously magnified because um, you know the the cost is so big. So, I think a lot of that has sort of defined the first two games, and it really goes back to Game Five against the Giants. But um, I just want to preface right, like it's important there, like there's never any one single reason why a team wins or loses like we're sitting here recording monday in the off day in between the atlanta and uh, los angeles portion or first first atlanta portion and then los angeles portion of the series uh where the dodgers lost because uh dave roberts brought in julio urias um to pitch in the eighth inning with a two-run lead uh his game four starter julio urias uh and Urias gave up the lead, did not pitch well, and, like, that's important. So people are focusing on the Roberts call, which was bad, in my opinion. We'll get to why. But also, Urias didn't pitch well. <laughs> like, that was on him. But also, uh, none of it would have mattered if the Dodgers had just hit. Like, uh, the they had that 5-15 and 15 stretch late April into early May, and it was like a, a cascading effect where, they weren't hitting really at all. They had some injuries, of course, but uh, that gave the pitching staff like no margin for error. And even like the slightest mistake would cost them. They lost all those extra inning games because like they'd use their leverage relievers to get through nine and then they didn't score. So it goes into extras. And at the time they had like rookie relievers a lot that they were using or, un- you know, uh, inexperienced and they faltered. Obviously, like Alex Vesia, the a lot of those pitchers, like Phil Bickford, grew into his role. But like early in the season, it was a struggle, man. And then, look, they played better. They won 106 games. It's not really a thing. However, like it seems like almost every game this postseason has been tight, especially the last three. Like literally the last three games were decided in the ninth inning. And that is – that's like – that's hold on to your butts territory for like the entire game for three straight games. Um and then you also had Game Three of the NLDS, which was one one zero. Four of the eight were de- have been decided in the ninth inning for the Dodgers. So it's just like every single night is a super close game, and like any any slight advantage or mistake either helps or costs you. So now it's all about coming up with uh, like advantages on the margins, right? Like, and that that's sort of where the Dodgers, in some cases, have succeeded, and in some cases, like in this series, have failed miserably. Um, but also the Braves have have like uh, capitalized too. So just off the bo- off the bat, um, I'm generally fine with trying to use your best pitchers as often as possible, uh, especially given 
the options in certain cases, right? Like we saw with the 2019 Nationals, they had like a they didn't really have much of a bullpen. So like they rode their starters, they used Patrick Corbin and, in relief. They they That was a very key preface and I'm sure yes, we'll get to that. With Scherzer, etc. Um and like in NLDS, um their top 5 the Dodgers' top five starters, uh, or sorry, top five pitchers, Scherzer, Bueller, Urias, Jansen, and Trinan, they pitched 33 out of 44 innings. They they just neutralized the Giants, which was a very good offense. They scored 10 runs in five games. So that was excellent. However, it came at a cost, right? So game five, we t- we already talked about like the bullpen game for, for game five. It, it, it's not really a bullpen game. It's more because Urias was bulk. Um in Game 5, they used Knable, Gratterall, Trinan, and Jansen and got a scoreless inning out of each. Now, the quibble here is in that game, on on regular rest, you could have pitched Urias longer than four innings. He only threw 59 pitches. Now, that either means bringing him in in the second inning, so he pitches like two through six, or leaving him in for the seventh in Game 5. In that game, so you have... Right-handed batters, uh, Wilmer Flores and Evan Longoria do up. And then the pitcher spot do up seven, so it's a pinch hitter. I sort of get taking him out for Trinan there. But at the same time, you could also have had Trinan and, J- and Kenley Jansen combined for the final nine outs. Jansen was especially extra rested. Trinan was pitching for his third time in four days, so I kind of get why they limited him to an inning. But that led to this decision to... Um, bring in Max Scherzer to close it out in game. They pitch one inning each of, of those sort of high end guys. And then Max Scherzer came in and closed out the series and they won. And obviously you, it's a winner take all. You, you have to like win today to get tomorrow. I completely understand that. But the cost came, um, uh, after game five, it was like Scherzer's tentatively scheduled to go game one. We won't really know till the off day, the off day came, they sort of decided it was like Scherzer's in on the decision to he's never pitched. He's never started on one day rest. Uh, he had started on two days rest back in that 2019 against the Dodgers. Uh, he, he uh, pitched game two in relief. Um, and then uh, three days later uh, started in game four. Now his rationale was if he was pushed to Sunday's game two against Atlanta, He'd be more on, you know, a little more on full strength. Still two days rest after an inning, but a very high leverage inning. Um, uh, It's not the same as like a bullpen session. Also, it pushed the rest of the rotation back a day, which, you know, on its face, like is is sort of good because they use Walker Bueller on three days rest last round too. They they sort of pushed the envelope with him. He would have been on four days rest in game two. Now he's on six days rest, so that's, you know, it gets him sort of reset. Then Julio Urias um, would be on five days rest in game four, you know, unless they use him in between. That'd be weird. Um, But so that meant uh, the immediate cost was another bullpen game uh, in game one of the NLCS. Now, in that game, you know, the pitchers mostly fine, right? Canable pit he started for the second straight game. Look every day Canable over here. Uh he he threw a wild pitch in the first inning that that scored a run. Uh Gonsolin could have been the bolt guy if he pitched well, but he didn't pitch well at all. Like he only faced seven batters. Five of them hit rockets. He allowed a home run, but that was it. 
So it's still a 2-2 game uh, into the ninth inning. Uh, but like even before then, like lefty Justin Brule was added to the playoff roster. He was put in a good position to succeed. He faced all three. Uh, he retired all three batters he faced. They were all lefties. One was the pitcher Max Fried, but he also struck out Freddie Freeman. He got Eddie Rosario out too. Um, the Braves have started uh, Rosario and Freeman at the top of the order, two lefties, in both games. It's allowed sort of the Dodgers to. Uh, use lefties when they want to in that situation. That's usually Alex Vesia. Obviously, Justin Brule got one run at him in game one. Vesia has faced him in both games and done well. Um, it also left a spot we'll talk about uh, here in a second. But uh, So that that's sort of where we're at, right? That's the cost benefit. They lose game one. They only allowed three runs. Like You, you can't really be mad at the pitching for that, right? They, they got sort of the best they could have given the situation and ideally – you have a more rested starting staff going forward, but as we'll see soon, that's that's not the case, and it wasn't the case last night. And it probably it might not be the case in a couple days. But now another sort of cost benefit thing: the Dodgers are stealing more. They stole four bases last night. Uh, that matched a franchise postseason record. Uh, they've done it three other times. Uh, they've stolen six bases in the series. They're eleven for eleven in eight postseason games now. It's surprising. I mean, not surprising. They have like Trey Turner. Like Trey Turner hasn't really run a ton. Mookie Betts has done the bulk of the stealing. Um, but the Dodgers only stole sixty-five bases during the regular season. They only had, they only reached eleven steals in three of the six calendar months. So, um, Dave Roberts was asked before Game Two when they stole four bases. Uh, he was asked about his uh, Game Four steal in the ALCS in two thousand four, and then sort of as it relates to like modern strategy and stuff. I thought this quote was instructive. Um, this is Roberts. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, in the postseason where things are more magnified, you just can't be afraid to fail. I just think that careful in the postseason doesn't play. So that kind of in the batter's box, defensively, on the bases, you understand the understanding the game score and how the game needs to be played. But if you feel good, you've got to be all in. Now, I will say this before we get into some of the other decision-making. Uh, I don't think being all not being all in is, is has been the problem for the Dodgers. It seems like in in almost every case, they have full buy-in from the players. So it's not it's not like Robert's going seat of his pants, right? Like uh, there's clearly like a plan involved here. Um, and it seems like everyone's sort of pulling in the same direction. And that's I, mostly all you can ask. You just also have to, the players have to execute as well. Uh, but on the steals for a second. Uh, so Mookie Betts, he has four of the Dodgers' 11 stolen bases. Only three times has a Dodger stolen more bases in a single postseason. Can Jacob name the three, the other three players? I'll give it a shot after this. Name the three players who have stolen more than... Uh, Four, more than four. More than in, four. In a single me. postseason. Um, I wrote some names down. Let's give it a shot. Yep. Davy Lopes. Davy Lopes is number one. Um, in 1981, uh, the, that was the they added the extra division series that year. He stole ten bases. Uh, That's so a lot. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's a lot. I love the stolen base postseason question. is so interesting because we've got an interesting tension of ladder players having way more games, yeah. <laughs> but stealing and, uh, way less yeah. bases. Um, Except Lopes. Lopes is the all-time franchise leader in yeah. playoff steals. So, 
Um, let, uh, I'll go with the we just steal more in volume in the older days. Um, Maury Wills. So Maury Wills most was in 1965 with three. <sighs> now and obviously, in fairness to him, he only played the World Series. Yes, so, right. You know, but, but uh, yeah, that was. I, that well, was I am going to try to go to that well one more time with Willie Davis. Yep. Uh, looking up. Willie Davis stole three in the also in the nineteen sixty five World hey, Series. Can we just combine? The, uh, I, know, I will say more, also more uh, Willie Davis, Maury Willie Davis. Da- there we go. Davy Lopes also stole four in the nineteen seventy four playoffs. All right. So, um, but, last uh, name I don't remember this, but I wanted a slightly more recent player to kind of tap into. So uh, Raphael for call. Mm, Two um, maybe. I'm. Let's see. Okay, he his his best is two in yep. two thousand six. Yeah, that, that like I was stretching oh. the straws, but I wanted one more name. Uh, so yeah, I missed missed two. You know, you, you know it's a surprising name on here. Uh, mm. that he was not ahead of bets, but just below, him, who stole three bases in two thousand sixteen. Uh. Fan favorite, Josh Reddick. Um, <laughs> first of all, he was on base enough to steal three times. Uh, but yeah, like okay. So I'll tell you, uh, mm-hmm. Steve Sachs is another sort sure, of go-to like sure. for this kind of stuff. Um, 1988, he stole six bases in okay. the postseason. Uh, tied with Steve Sachs was Mookie Betts in 2020. <laughs> see, are you, yeah, I'm. Let's see. Uh, uh, no, you worded this question very carefully. <laughs> well <yep>. done. <laughs> I, I even I looked at it because I was like, "Well, Betts is in there. I have to make sure it's not three No, others. and what's funny, I thought like, I'm like, "Did Betts do that last year?" Let me read the yeah. question, and I misread it that time. Like, nope, he's he wants different so, players. All right. <laughs> so the reason this this comes into play is because, um, uh, oh yeah, so Lopes is, is number one all time for the Dodgers with 19 steals. Uh, Cody Bellinger is is second with twelve. He has three this year. He had four in two thousand eighteen. He had three in two thousand nineteen. So he he gets his in bunches. Um, but then Mookie Betts, who's been in like two postseasons so far, he has ten. He's third in all time Dodger steals in the postseason. All right, um, all right. We're gonna keep going. You've got your you've this big yeah. list, so I'm gonna. So let back, you just back, go back to it. the co- the cost stuff. The, a second cost uh, for the Dodgers, not related to pitching per se, but all those steals they had, right? 11, 11 for eleven and steals. All the, of those eleven stolen bases, only three have scored um, because the Dodgers can't buy a hit with uh, runners on base. Um, they're hitting one ninety one. 305, 294 with runners in scoring position in the postseason. Now, the the sort of good news is that they're averaging just over 10 plate appearances per game. That was right at where they were at during the regular season when they had the second most plate appearances. They were just behind the Astros, who were like the best offense in baseball this year. Um, they had 24 plate appearances in the first uh, two games in the NLCS with runners in scoring position. They were two for 18. Um so yeah, that's that's a problem. They could have had even more plate appearances, except Chris Taylor in the ninth inning of Game One um, got caught in no man's land between second and third on a, a single to shallow right. It seems like on a single to shallow right, uh, the the team that decided to advance and not stop uh, worked. It's worked out for them. Uh, but Chris Taylor rounded second. 
decided, oh no, I don't think I'm going to make it, so he stopped. But Jock Peterson's bad bouncy throw um, was was like basically right to second base. So Taylor was running back into where the ball was, rather than if he kept going, he would have been safe. But he didn't necessarily know that. And it but felt anyway, like he he said that he yeah. had a bad read. It felt like the read to me was not just that, oh, I'm not going to make it, but and I can make it back to second. Um, right. Exactly. If, obviously, if he had read, you know, what this wasn't a, a sort of the brain fart of, to me, at least it read not the brain fart of like I hesitation for no reason. This was the oh, I can yes. make it back, and then oh right. no, right, Jock right. has a noodle arm, <laughs> and um, so that could have left two on two outs for Mookie Betts, uh, who we've, we've established is a decent player. Um, so. Now, I, I will note the Braves stole two bases in this series, both in game one, both scored. Um, <laughs> so another cost does come down to the pitching. So now the hope was Scherzer getting an extra day, he'd be more like Max Scherzer, more like full-strength Max Scherzer. Scherzer was like, I don't know what I would be able to give you in game one. This was, uh, I think, the day, yeah, before game one because he wasn't starting, so he talked before game one. And he's like, it could be 60 pitches. It could be 100. I don't know. It could be all over. Like, he, there was so much unknown. So I get why they pushed him to Sunday. But what they got on Sunday was not necessarily full strength Max Scherzer. It was, oh, no, I have a dead arm, Max Scherzer. And uh, he said he felt like before the game. But it, it's not the thing, well, why did they start him then? It was pitchers kind of go through this. And, like, at, at a certain point, you know, it comes back. It just didn't really come back. That said, I keep, like, again, a limited back Scherzer is still very good. He only allowed two runs. Of course, a rocket home run by Jock Peterson uh, because it's October. And um, he left a tie game. But he was clearly gassed. He, he They pulled him in the fifth inning with one out, just like in the wild card game. Um, and at the time, you're like, wow, okay, this is weird. And He's going to be general, angry again. Yeah, exactly. The general consensus is Max Scherzer is going to murder Dave Roberts when he goes to the mat. But Scherzer was like nodding his head. He's like, yep, I'm done. You know, like, <laughs> so at the time, it's like clearly, again, player buy-in. He knows what the case is. He said after the game, he told him like, uh, look, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure what, what I can give you. Just if, if something happens, you know, whatever. But also he, he knew like, that for the the upcoming run of lefties, he only he he went right to the, the eighteen batter mark. So the, he had Rosario and Freeman do up. He's like Bessie was the better choice, and he was he got he got out of it. Um, so, uh, but I'll, and also we'll note Scherzer that was his fourth game in the last twelve days. Um, wild card game, game three, game five relief, and then this. So he was pitching like it now. Um, so that, that's that, right? So now the Dodgers have to like fill those innings. And after all that, you know, the, the can't buy a hit with score and runners score position. I think they were 0 for 8 at the point during the game in the seventh inning, they sent eight batters to the plate. One batter hit, put the ball in play. It was Chris Taylor, uh, with a sort of a bloop single to shallow center. This was following a couple walks and a hit by pitch. That scored two runs, so they're up 4-2. The second hit with runners in scoring position for the Dodgers. So at this point, you have nine outs to get. Blake Trinan uh, comes in to pitch the game in the seventh. Completely, like, you know, sort of expected decision. Got to get this win. Bring in 
arguably our best reliever at worst, our second best reliever. Um, he's also pitching his fifth game in seven days. So if he's only limited to one inning, you could argue that what the bottom of the Braves ordered do up in the seventh, it was seven, eight, nine. At this point, nine wasn't the pitcher. It was Guillermo Heredia in center field, uh, who also uh, badly misplayed the ball by Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor was given a double on the play. Maybe it was a single and... I mean, he didn't really touch the ball, so he can't really do it. But it was, it was a rough play in center. But anyway, you have three competent hitters. Um, I forget if Heredi is right-handed or not, but the top two are right-handed. So you could argue, Bruzar Gratterall, that's a good spot for him. And then have Trinan go for the eighth because he doesn't really have discernible splits. He's very good against everyone. And, like, if you want uh, someone to face, like, especially Freddie Freeman... Blake Trinan is one of the guys you'd be like, yes, I would like him to pitch in our, in, in a big spot. Now, so I get it. it, it again, if Trinan's only limited to one inning, maybe a better spot would have, would have been for the eighth and Grotterall on the seventh. But given how he entered the game in a double switch, um, they it's clear they thought about using Trinan for more than one inning. Now, he was also, Trinan was also the, the pitcher the Dodgers used most in multiple innings situations. Um, 13 times in the regular season, twice this postseason. Never got to two full innings, but he's a guy who can get you an out or two in the second inning. And then you also have Kenley Jansen behind him. He, they could have done the thing where, like, you know, maybe Trinan gets four outs, Jansen gets five, something like that. I don't know. But that that's, that's sort of where we're at right here. Now, Trinan... Pitched a scoreless seventh on nine pitches. Uh, so if there's a scenario, even on his fifth game in seven days, double switch into the game, his spot didn't come up in the in the top of the eighth. If there's a scenario for trying to pitch a second inning with so few pitches, like this was it, I think. He did not get the eighth. Uh, the two lefties are up, and then switch hitter Albies, who kills lefties. They already used Vessia. Justin Brule was available. I, I mean... And in fairness, Justin Brule, who did well in game one, I get why they didn't use Justin Brule here because it's Justin Brule. Uh, like, you know, but they went with Urias. Um, it's, just, it's just weird. Uh, so this is three days after he pitched, just like Max Scherzer, right? Like Max Scherzer pitched one inning uh, on his sort of throw day. Now, Urias was rested in, in, in game five when he, he pitched four innings. And 59 pitches, but uh, he's uh, this is three days after, so he has two days rest. He didn't do a, a between starts bullpen, so they they sort of planned this out. Now, the cost though is Urias is still going to be the game four starter. Robert said after the game, um, meaning he'll be on two days rest that Max Scherzer was on earlier in this game. So you have a clear picture of what a gas pitcher looks like after this kind of a situation. So, uh, now I, you know, I will say this, like, I, I, I get it. Like they're, he's using what Robert's using, what he thought was his best option there. You could argue that, um, you know, Trinan continuing to pitch Gratterall earlier, Trinan in the eighth, Jansen in the ninth would be better. But once they, they use Trinan... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do a little more... Yeah. <clears throat> trying to understand the other side of the argument, which is that yeah. they used 
the both times Urias has pitched prior to this were limited pitch counts at seventy five and <coughs> less than that. Um, it, it almost seems as if it, and that, and this is very similar to how they used him last postseason to great success. Yeah. So maybe they're just viewing him as like, you know what? He's never like, he's going to get twice through the lineup, uh, even on his starts. And we're going to piggyback from there. Um, I, again, I don't know that, but I, I can kind of see where that's going. And that way we can use him a little bit more aggressively in spots like this, especially through a run of the lefties. I can see the argument that you really did think he was the best option at that spot. Not a perfect yep. option. You can't make guarantees like that. Sure. Um, what there? I think the reason why I get so frustrated by games that get where the manager gets a lot of blame. Sometimes it's because I don't think he deserve it, but it's some, a lot of times it's that the discourse is so results oriented. And so I'm trying to like, and what I try to do when that occurs is I just flip it. What happened if it was Urias had looked like? game seven of last year's NLCS or game six of the world series. And the funny thing is like, I think most of the people viscerally angry right now are thrilled. They're talking about how, what a gamer Julio is, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think there would be enough people going like, that's great. But what does game four look like now? And the big, I was texting with a friend and he meant, he brought up rightfully is the big difference between yesterday and game seven of the NLCS and game two, uh, six of the World Series is those were uh, do or die games. Those were done. Like, you didn't yes. have really, like, yeah, you have a new series, but you have some time to kind of get things slated. You have some games to do that. Um, now you have the middle of this games that you have to win that are potentially messed up. Um, yeah. And again, and again, the last thing I'll say is yes, I understand. And this is where I do think the, like, look what happened with Max today. I, I like they are different pitchers, right? Julio's t- yes. ten years younger. He has they're, way they're more experience ride, doing this. So they're I, also not going to ride Urias for a hundred pitches exactly. like they would with with Scherzer. So I get that. Completely. Yeah, and I but and I think you're going to get to the, the, the two things for me. On the other hand, is the three things I guess. One, um, he, yes, he probably can handle this better than Scherzer can. Um, and he's not going to, they're not going to ask, like you said, a hundred pitches of them, but it's still going to have an effect and it could be a, oh, it yeah. could be a pronounced effect. And I know right. you're going to talk about the next two things, but I'll mention them anyways too. The Dodgers had options. They had, Knable was in the pen. Yes, he had been used a little yeah. bit, but he's a reliever. He can do that. Bickford has been written in high leverage situations most of the year and has looked fine. Like you had, uh, you had Trinan again for, uh, for the, if you had so many options, um, but to me, the biggest thing is uh, one thing that uh, that has been frustrating, but you've got to give credit to the Dodgers up to this point, is how much they were valuing Cody Bellinger's defense at the sake of offense and making sure that they had really good, as much as possible, great outfield defense and a good option at first. And they just said, oh, we really need not suppress a run. Let's put Steven Souza in right, move Mookie to center, and leave A.J. Yeah. Pollock in left. And it's like, what? Yeah. And make any, and uh, that's very frustrating, obviously. And, and before I get into like exactly what happened with Urias, I, I will say that I similar similarly frustrated in that I find a lot of the arg- arguments, um, especially against bullpen games, are mostly aesthetic and they're and they're kind of annoying. Um, you know, I, I get I hate bullpen games to be honest. Like, uh, I don't necessarily mind using the opener. If it's like for a limited pitcher, right? I don't consider Urias necessarily a limited pitcher now, 
you know, like he he's he's shown like sure. full fledged starter. Um, but I in over the course of the regular season, I don't want to watch a bunch of bullpen games. You know what I mean? Like uh, that, I get the frustration with that. But at the same time, like there, I think it's a lot of hand wringing over not a lot. So it's just a matter of like, um, I don't know. It just it seems weird. Like I view them mostly as like, um, are like using your using pitchers in in different spots. Like again, trying to gain a marginal advantage. Um, and it's and it's like you said, it's when you don't have other options, and they have other options. You mentioned it. Uh, my brother uh, texted me like they're using their their starter uh, or something like what I forgot how he worded it, but it was like can't believe they're bringing in uh, their starter. And I said, what are you talking about? They're not bringing in Knable. <laughs> and I th- so I thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah. So and the other the other argument I don't buy is is that like it's it's very lazy. Um, you know that the Dodgers are like messing with Julio Urias's psyche uh, by bringing him in in relief. Like, if there's anyone who's shown he's like comfortable in any role, it's Urias. Like, you saw exactly what he did last postseason. Uh, also, it's like I said, it's not they're not doing this willy nilly. Andy McCullough had a great breakdown in the Athletic of how they sort of came to the game five decision to go bulk openers first before Urias. They went like it was like. Front office uh, brought it to Roberts, and they're like, "That's interesting." They they talked to like Canabel, uh, Urias, uh, Gratterall, all those guys, and then they went to like some of the offensive players. Like, what do you think about this? Everyone's like, "We're all we're on board. Let's do it." Right? They didn't just go. You know what? We're gonna do this. Your here's your role. Deal with it. Right? I think I don't. know. It's just weird. Like the some of the arguments are just just dumb. They're honestly dumb, and like it's annoying. And it also really kind of looked like down. they went to Oral. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you saw yeah, his yeah, Twitter yeah. stream, but yeah, he was on it, fighting the yeah, trolls. Yeah, exactly. The the real risk, uh, I think, David Young in our, uh, on True Blue has brought this up a lot, and I agree with him is that um, when you use a bullpen game, um, or just you know m- more relievers than say normal, um, the risk is one of them, one or more of them, could have an off night. <laughs> Because you're asking a lot of pitchers to do a lot of stuff, even in short and roll. And Urias had an off night. Like, that's it. Like, you know, like you said, if it had gone well, like there's a lot of the criticism like just melts away, right? It's it, it's it's kind of amazing how that happens. Also, we'll get to this in a second, but if the Dodgers just hit, like this goes away because it doesn't really, well, they wouldn't have used Urias because exactly. they had a bigger lead. But um, so how it went down. Uh, single by Rosario, he ended up having four hits. Uh, he uh, got to second, and then uh, a single to shallow right field um, scored him. But was because, like you mentioned, to get Trine into the game, double switch was Gavin Lux, who started in center, was double switched out. Mookie Betts moved from right to center. And then in right field was Steven Souza Jr., who's I went back and watched it. He had bounced twice uh, from very shallow right field. Uh and before getting to the plate, and they still almost got Rosario, who had a great slide to get into to home plate, and that was that made it four three. And then Austin Riley, who had the the game one walk off, and he also homered, uh, tied the game with a double off the wall off Urias. So it's four four going into the ninth. Um, and then so this is the, they bring in Gratterall now in a tie game, like so they're obviously hey you know what like. 
that's the thing I don't get too, right? It, so it's the ninth inning. You're it's it's the old thing. Why why are you saving your closer for a lead that doesn't come? You still have Kenley Jansen. The only way this game can continue is if you hold the Braves scoreless in the ninth. So why why do you not put Jansen in to make sure it gets to the tenth, right? Like it, not that again, not that it's it's a given, but he he's your best option at that point, and they didn't go to him. So that's another sort of demerit in my eyes. Yeah, I, anyway. I guess I didn't mind that as much. Just viewing it as a, yeah. I actually minded them taking Gratterall out, not because oh Gratterall looked great. It was more that right, like right. you're really only you're gonna like. In terms of psyche, the whole I'm going to use my closer for a batter and then call upon him to rest and then get back up. That seemed not worth it. Also, to me. also, if we're getting down to that level, it's put putting Jansen in like the position he hates the most yep. with a runner on second. Uh, I'm I'm surprised he didn't balk him over to third. No, I'm not because obviously, yeah, I was purely tied, between. Like, to me, you're committing to the plan of you like yeah. this run for a gra- for uh, Gratterall. You're going to need to pitch a tenth to win this game, yeah. um, and you like Kenley better. If you if that's really if you like the matchups, I say go for it. Um, sure. I, and I and I viewed that as more the more likely case than oh we didn't like um, we're waiting to use him in a save. To me, they've shown that they're willing to use Kenley kind of whenever whenever they think that's the matchups fair. the best. So you're right because it, it, it you you know what I'll give you that because it was bottom of the order. The same situation I said Gratterall should have been brought in, in the seventh. So I, I completely get that and I agree. No, that's it. My heart was still pounding. I'm like, oh, no. I texted a, yeah. a Braves friend uh, of mine and said, like, oh, this is the guy you're going to uh, yeah. do the walk-off on. And I was kind of right. <laughs> he threw one pitch. Uh, and it was Eddie Rosario again, four-hit night. He ripped a single. And, you know, and that's the other thing. Positioning has been uh, key at times in this series. Corey Seager's right there. Like, they shifted perfectly. <laughs> like, it was written right to him. But it was also, like, a thousand miles an hour. I forget what the exact number was. but And it, it just, just went right by him. And, I uh, you're a little over. Yeah. You know what? Like, I, we're not here to get into exact numbers. Yeah, except, this a math that that, except that the Braves have had eight uh, plate appearances with runners in scoring position in the series. They have, they're three for eight, including both walk-off hits. The Dodgers, who have 24 plate appearances, are two for 18. <laughs> That's, I don't like, I, I generally don't like the reductive analysis of like, team isn't scoring, team isn't hitting well, runners scoring position, but that's also kind of how runs work sometimes, it's, you know, also home runs and things like that. But like, it just, it really comes down to, they just got to hit, man. Like, like at some point, um... Don't make it where every single game is decided in the ninth. Just go out and hit the crap out of the ball. Uh, but we talked about this uh, before we recorded. Like They're down 2 nothing, just like last year. If they come out and they score 11 runs in the first inning of Game 3, I'm walking out of the stadium. I, I guarantee you that. But yeah, that's that's kind of it. I uh, just wanted to sort of go into that. Uh, Dodgers are down 0-2. The next two games, possibly three, uh, we have to say that... Uh, are at Dodger Stadium. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll record at some point after the Dodger Stadium games. Uh, who knows what we'll, we'll be talking about at that point? Yeah, I mean, but, uh, we, we like Game Three. We're going to have a nut. Uh, all y'all who don't like the the weird sort of Tampa Bay Rays esque 
uh, games that have been played. Game you're five. Getting, you're, game five. Uh, no, no, I'm yeah. saying game 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 three is going to be. I'm oh. saying for those who don't like, you get two starters oh, yeah. who are not going to get taken out prematurely uh, unless they're actually performing bad uh, in game three. But then you say game five. I, I'm not like I. I think it you is. You can see a scenario where yeah, they a distinct push possibility where Urias goes yeah. on on game five. Uh, I'm not it's saying fair. that will yeah. case that that will be the case, but yeah. they certainly could. Now. I will say this: the good news is that if the Dodgers can win two at win a series against the Braves at home, like the regular season, you would expect them to do that. Game six and seven, you've got Max Scherzer, Scherzer Walker Bueller, regular rest, good to go. Um, Five days rest for Scherzer. Yeah, and so you're gonna you gotta like like it feels weird, but you almost feel like. Even though the Dodgers have to win an extra game, that almost feels like maybe a coin flip if the Dodgers' offense resembles anything close to what we expect. And you know, at that point, it won't. But who know? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, also, I, we didn't even mention uh, Will Smith. The pitcher got the better of Will Smith, the hitter in Game Two. He struck him out. Uh, that was so exciting to see uh, further uh, matchups of Will Smith versus Will Smith. But yeah, that's kind of it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for commiserating. And uh, we'll talk to you later this week.